Welcome to episode 73 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about a particularly aggressive group of orcas off the coast of Australia, and I have a more positive story about a same-sex penguin couple. We learn about two new amazing favorites, and we learn about our adorable animal of the week. So let's jump into episode 73 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. to episode 73 of the Animal Addicts podcast, our last episode in Oceana for this season. Woohoo! Um, anyway, as usual, we are your hosts, Allie. And Casey. I'll let you say your name this time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about a whole new batch of awesome animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I went to Universal with my sister. I feel like you go everywhere. Like, your life is so exciting right now. Okay, so how Just was it? Just the past two weeks. Okay. Otherwise, I'm boarding boring um but yeah we went uh just random one day it's like hey you want to go for you universal still have passes for yeah universal? okay that's fine um and of course it was wednesday so like nobody was there oh god nice <laughs> like literally we were making jokes about like being going on to like jurassic world and going right to the front and nobody else being on <laughs> nice oh we've had that my and friend that and i happened yeah yeah <laughs> My friend and I, who used to go when we had passes and we'd go a lot, we would do that. And sometimes we had the entire boat. And literally for the picture, we would go like this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which we definitely got oh. in trouble for once, but still. <laughs> but also, like, basically so many rides. There's, like, hardly any lines. Like, five-minute waits. Nice. And, like, we went on the mummy after that oh, and mummy. got on there right away. It says, the funny thing is, it says, like, five-minute wait. It's, like, it takes five minutes to walk through the it damn does, long. yeah. I think there's always going to be a minimum. They're not going to yeah. stay under something. Mm-hmm. And um, nobody else came after us. There was one guy in front of us and then just us. And then we all left. <laughs> I never realized how quiet a roller coaster can be <laughs> without a bunch of <laughs> people, people screaming. screaming. As like, it's so quiet. Because <laughs> the other guy was like deaf silent. Wow. I don't I was think like, we've what? ever been on Mummy with just us. No, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's like, it's so quiet in here. I didn't expect this. It's <laughs> the funniest thing. Oh, and then we went on Transformers, which we were concerned by the end because there were these two older gentlemen in front of us. Okay. And <laughs> he was like griping, moaning with the jerking. It was like, oh, oh. <laughs> And by the end, we were, like, concerned because, like, he was, like, slumped over and not moving. It's like, ah, please tell me. (laughs) Did not have a heart attack. (laughs) He was fine, but, like, oh, my gosh. Trauma. (laughs) Nearly traumatized. What about the Harry Potter ones? Oh, yeah, we went. Yes, we did. Well, the one is the best one. Yeah, we, we also went on the Hippogriff one once. Yeah, that one's, like, fine, but it's more of a kiddie ride. Yeah, and then, of course, we I think we went on the... Um, other one twice. I love that. Yes. And this time it did not stop. So there was no disabled people getting on. That means because <laughs> every time that happened last time, the screen would go dark where we stopped. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Then we would just continue. And the dragon's back Could and you working. you imagine if you were stuck in the spider section when you had to stop? <laughs> Me and my sister were talking about how we want to be the one stuck upside uh, that one part where you're basically upside down. 
I haven't Thanks. done it that much. Where? What are you facing when that happens? The ceiling. <laughs> but it's by the Whomping Willow. I think it's, yeah, out in that section, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember because I'd be like, wow. I was just, like, fascinated by this technology. I'm like, how are they doing all of this? This is so great. Oh, my God. I Because, yeah, when I went on that last day when I was alone, mm-hmm. so I had single rider, just that ride over and over. And I was just walk on. Mm-hmm. Like, walk on. I'm like, hi, that's me again. Hi, that's me again. <laughs> this yeah. ride is so great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We went on most of the rides. The only one we didn't go on was Despicable Memes, Simpsons, because we never go on The Simpsons, and Secret Life of Pets. Oh, I kind of just want to see what that's like. Is mm-hmm. it a, like a 3D show now? Is that what they've done with that? Or is that still the Shrek? No, it was Shrek and now I think it's... Which one? They had like a 3D show. And it oh, used to the... be Shrek, but now I think it's... That's the theater. It's Kung Fu Panda. Kung now. Fu Panda, yeah, that's right. We did see What's that. the Secret Life of Pets then? What's that ride? Um, basically, um, it's just... It's like a kitty thing, really. You go through and it's like... There are some screens where you're a dog and then you're going through this thing and by the end you get all cleaned up and ready to be adopted <laughs> where is it what part um, of the park? it's it's by despicable me is that over where terminator used to be it's um near where um the walking dead was if you know that yes but is it on the back side of that or is it like in that front section it's it has on the to be on the back side it has yeah. to there's no room for rides there mm-hmm. so it's where terminator used to be terminator mm-hmm. used to be so good i never oh dude it was fun I, that was like my dream role was mm-hmm. to be oh god what was her name I forgot her name, but the lady who, like, talks to me, she gets to be rude to people. That's what I always loved about Universal versus Disney is that they get to be rude to you. Like, oh, in yeah. character, they can be mean. I'm like, I love it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be her. I've told, it's been so long. I forgot her name, but I was like, I want that role. I want to be that role <laughs> real bad. <laughs> anyway, did you watch Waterworld? Yes, we did. We always go see That's World the World. classic. <laughs> Gotta love it. I love yeah. one time when we were there for my birthday, we were staying in the, is it a Sheridan? What's right there? Is that a Hilton? Whatever's right I think next it's to the a Hilton. park. I think it's a Hilton. We were staying there, and our window, we could see water. Not the whole thing, but we could mm-hmm. see the water by the toxic thing yeah. where they drop him. Yeah. And we're just looking, and we're like, oh. And, like, my friend and I went all the time. So we had the whole script memorized, right? It was uh. amazing. And um, <laughs> I could see him dangling, and I was like, oh, man. It's been so long, I don't remember it all. But it's like, that makes you the winner, and this guy the loser. Drop him. And then, <laughs> so I was just, like, looking at him, and I did the lines. And then I was like, that makes you the winner, and this guy the loser. Drop him. And then they hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my oh timing my was perfect. Oh, Waterworld is yeah. so good. They also, back in the day, Casey, mm. had this show. Oh, my God. Were you even, like, alive? Because I was in high school. Um, <laughs> called Spider-Man Rocks, and it was a musical. It's where the – what do they have there now? I think it's where they have the sound effects stage now. Oh, it yeah. It's never <laughs> – they don't do anything with it now. No, it's such a way. It makes me so sad. But the only they thing did... they use it for is Jabberwockies during Horror Nights. Oh, they actually come and perform? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it used to, back in the, when we first started going, it was Spider-Man Rock Show, mm-hmm. which was a, like, musical Spider-Man thing, which was actually good, unlike other Spider-Man musicals we won't mention. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't see it on Broadway, so maybe it wasn't terrible, but mm. I think it probably was. But anyway, the musical was actually pretty good. Like, it was, it was just enough cheese without being too cheesy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so then that got canceled and we were heartbroken. And then they wound up doing Creature from the Black Lagoon as a musical. <laughs> It was so bad. What the hell? It was so bad. Also, I was just like, first of all, even doing Spider-Man as a musical is pushing it. Like, we love it because we're musical theater people. Uh But, like, that's not going to be a mainstream thing that people are going to like. I'm like, why would you get Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is an ancient one of your classic horror movies, and then make it a musical? And it was, like, bad. And we were just like, oh. And we went, like, with one other friend, and people were just getting up and leaving. Dude. (laughs) It was so bad. 
<laughs> but it was great back then because during back when they um when they would do it with Halloween Horror Nights, the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they do it at that theater. And it was so good, dude, for mm-hmm. a while. Anyway, I miss it. Mm-hmm. And I miss the sound effects stage down below because that was fun too. But, yeah. you know, things change. Yeah. We're old, grumpy people who don't like change. <laughs> but Terminator was so good. I'm sad. Yeah. At least they have all the Harry Potter stuff now, but. Yes, I love Harry Potter land. Or as great, some great. people call it, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yes. The Wizarding World of Harry <laughs> Potter. I don't remember the ride's name, though. That's so great. I don't either. I really desperately want to go to Universal in Florida because they have mm, the yeah. Harry Potter thing. I'm like, oh, I want to do it so bad. I just need, like, two weeks to go to Disney World and do that for, like, a solid week and then do Universal and, like, other stuff over there. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. apparently need a shit ton of money, so. <laughs> yeah. And also recently, I've started playing video games again, okay. which I haven't done in a long time. What kind? What are you playing? Uh, so I actually have this video game on the Wii that I still have, and uh, it's called Namco Museum Remix, and it's very much Pac-Man themed. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yes. And it aerates me they don't have the original Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man on it. That's annoying. So I have to use the, because I have a Namco Museum um, game from my Game Boy Advance, and I kept my DS, so I play Miss Pac-Man on that. Yep. Uh, but they do have Pac-Man Pal, Super Pac-Man, and um, Pac-Mania, and I play those a lot. Okay. <laughs> I'm into retro games. I was expecting like, it to be like, you know, like Minecraft or... Um, I never played Minecraft. Or like, what are all the other ones that people like? Halo, something like that. I never played Halo. <laughs> okay. I like retro games, especially like Pac-Man stuff. Um, and I was even talking to my sister once about like, when I have money someday, <laughs> I want to get like a refurbished original Pac-Man the arcade. arcade yeah. yeah. Then I discovered some, I, first off, I looked it up and found like, on average, there's like seven grand, but I found some there like four grand. I don't have money. <laughs> no. You also need to have room to have something like that. I, I have room. <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, probably my room. You have to move that with you then, though. Yeah. That's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved, I just, yeah, I never got to do, like, gaming stuff Mm because it just wasn't a thing I had. I probably didn't show much interest in it. But, yeah, Pac-Man was great, dude. I also, I play a lot of Mario Brothers. There was a site, I don't remember what it was now because I did it forever ago, but it has all the old school games. Mm -hmm. So there was, like, Pac-Man, because the ones I played would be Pac-Man or Mrs. Pac-Man. And then one of the Mario Brothers. I don't know what it was. And then um, the Lion King game that's, like, impossible. So it is. Have you ever played that one? No. I don't know how small children, I mean, I was a child at the time, but I don't know how, like, 10-year-olds do that. I could Mm -hmm. never get past level two. (laughs) And then I finally got past level two, couldn't get past the next level. But anyway, so they had this site, and it had all those, like, retro games on it. I was like, oh, my God, the Lion King one. And I played it, and I was like, at least I got past level two. (laughs) I was like, I'm so bad at this. Yeah, but when I started looking for arcade games, I discovered this company I've never heard of before. Okay. It's called Arcade One Up. Uh-huh. And so there was a, initially this crave of people wanting some of the retro games and like the recreating the arcade machines was just not feasible because it's too expensive. Uh-huh. But they did were able to do it at like three quarters size, I believe is the standard. Um, and so they make replicas of the original arcade machines it's considerably cheaper and they can have a bunch of different games on those uh it's probably like what i saw on um i think they were still part of i don't know if they were still part of geek and sundry if they were off mm-hmm. on critical role i think they may have been critical role already um 
also just shouting out because Legends of Vox Machina is on uh, Prime now, and I'm shocked by the amount of people who are loving it who've never seen anything from Critical Role or even know anything about them. I'm like, wow, okay, cool. Anyway, but they did an episode of, I forget what their thing was, um, and they got one. They Mm -hmm. have one built, and they put in. So they built the, like, you know, the shell that holds everything, and then they have a bunch of those old retro games Mm -hmm. in it. So now they have one at the, I assume they still have it at the studio. Yeah. And of course, those are like considerably cheaper, just a couple hundred bucks. I have a feeling it was more than a couple hundred bucks. But, yeah. you know. It was like, okay. it's, price range I see is like 300, 500. Yeah. So I'll have to like show you that and be like, is yeah. it this thing? Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yeah. And they have this cool. other thing called a, it, they're calling it an infinity table, but basically it's a virtual touch screen table and you like can play card games and board games on it. No, I don't like it. I don't like that stuff. So many of stuff is virtual. I'm like, this is not better. Like, Maybe I, I also... do is because I forget some of the rules and how to play board games. Yes, yeah, so you look at the rules. Yeah. It's not hard. That would be so boring. It's like when all the uh, the lotto machines, the lotto machines, the, what are those even called? Slot machines. Thank Slot you. machines. When they all are buttons down, I'm like, you don't even get to pull the lever anymore? What is the point of this? I'm just because they're yeah, there's one. Boring. I remember I went to one casino. It's like you could pull the lever, but there's also just a button. No, I want to pull the lever. Yeah. At least give me some exercise, <laughs> a tiny amount. But like pulling the lever is the fun part. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, that's anyway. Money good times. Lately. Yeah, I, I we all need money. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. We need money just for you know living expenses and health issues and everything. <laughs> Also, I saw an article, although it did not have much backing it up. It was a very short story that somebody had posted, and it was that San Diego has now surpassed San Francisco as the most expensive place to live in the U.S., and I'm like, I feel like this is not accurate. Last time I checked, it was Miami. Really? Mm-hmm. I would expect it to be SF or New York. Oh, yeah. Also, I don't think it's – which our rent prices are ridiculous out I think here. the thing is when they say that, they take in rent prices and a bunch of other factors See, they, but this one that was people will rent. not care about. Yeah, this this one was not a factor like that. It was about, like, housing costs. Mm-hmm. Not rent, like buying a house. Uh, or, like, houses sold and then the median wage, which that part mm-hmm. makes sense. But I'm like, but not everyone – first of all, in California – most people cannot fucking buy a house. Yeah. Especially millennials, because we can't get any friggin' money to save up for a down payment unless mom and dad pay it for you, which is mm-hmm. how everyone I know who has a house did it. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I know one couple who actually bought a house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they could buy a house, and their parents did not pay the down payment. They're the only ones I know who have a house or something where mom and dad did not pay the down payment. <laughs> anyway but uh okay we got off on a tangent so yes. sorry anyway universal super fun and gaming is fun um i want yours i want to get into like halo and those kind of things but i never did i just don't I, have the time i used to play call of duty i think that's in my... yeah okay call of duty is i just don't have the time to do these things because mm-hmm. i would like to play all the rpg type ones yeah anyway but i just i also love i love the mario brother games <laughs> yeah i like which one was I playing? And Mario Party. I haven't played that in so long. I haven't even... Oh, I can play Planet Zoo. Huh? I can play Planet Zoo because I'm on leave. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> stressful. <gasps> and I can play Civ. <gasps> and then I was for a while playing... Um. Oh my god, how am I forgetting the name of it? It's like Super... Dragon, Dragon Age. One of the Dragon Ages. And I couldn't get past... Once again, can't get past the level. <laughs> I'm just like, alright, well, I'm stuck. Um, Moving along. Anyway, um, video games are not just American, but it's a happy American pastime. Also other countries, but American. Anyway, this is my segue. 
I watched another documentary for you folks to save you the trouble. I went with another one of the American National or America's National Parks, and this time I watched Saguaro, just out in the deserty stuff. Okay, that one I've never heard of before. It's by Tucson. I see Tucson that now. or Yuma? I think it's Tucson. <laughs> it's Tucson. Also, a lot of the shots they did, you can see the city lights of Tucson. <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like it's not that big a park. Anyway, um. So it is very much reminds me of all my drives to Arizona because you see this shit all the time. The saguaro cactus, which are very identifiable. Um, I want to give them a hug. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you could. Wouldn't choose it. Have you seen the picture of the bobcat that's the top of like a 40-foot one? And they're just like, how no! did you get up there? <laughs> He's just sitting Don't up mess there. with bobcats. Don't mess with a lot of things. Uh, speaking mm. of, a lot of small things have attitudes. So this one I thought was going to be a not safe because mm-hmm. right off the bat – with the National Parks ones, they don't really follow families so much like the Disney ones kind of tend to do. Um, so they um, – basically, they set it up as, like, it's a place of show-offs, of mm-hmm. showdown type things. So I'm like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. So lots of things will die. And, oh, my gosh, some of these things are little vicious things, dude. So they have – I I don't – I literally do not remember this from when we did our favorite Native Californians and I chose a freaking greater roadrunner. Yes, sir. The roadrunner's trying to eat a rattlesnake. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. do did I forget that roadrunners try to eat rattlesnakes? Anyway, so I'm like, oh this rattlesnake's gonna die. Or this roadrunner's gonna die. Someone's gonna die. <laughs> but anyway, the rattlesnake defended itself. Spoilers, and the roadrunner gave up. <laughs> kind of looked like the roadrunner got bit at one point, but I'm not sure. Anyway. So they have that face off and then there's a little type of squirrel thing and and a snake i've never seen before um and then a snake's coming basically it's like oh the snake wants to eat her babies and she knows this so they're probably not going to mess with the mommy but like they will definitely go eat the babies must be a constrictor of some kind type because they said it wants to squeeze the life out of her babies so little squirrels like this big not messing around she's like you snake this ain't gonna happen so she's like fighting it and they're really agile little things, man. And she was just attacking him and like mm-hmm. fighting him and jumping away and she never got bitten. Eventually he was like, this is not worth it. Mm. Kind of like this dog. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was okay. Um, spoilers are one of our previous animals of the week definitely wins their show off because what is an egg going to do to defend itself? So anyway, but the poor birds, I felt like oh. Yeah, I felt You bad. even told me this. Yeah, I felt bad for the birds who were watching their babies be eaten. Well, the eggs being eaten, at least. Other birds had little chicks at that time, too. So what I kind guess of bird just, was it? It was some sort of quail. Ah. Uh, anyway. Not a quail. It all reminds me of Arizona they're because... They're cute, awkward birds. They're really cute. And it, in Arizona, at my parents' house, they have quail all the time. There, oh, yeah? And they're so cute. I just love them. We used to go camping, uh, I think, around Rancho Oso, and we saw quail all the time. Quail and turkey. Cute. They're cute. Apparently, up in Cuyamaca and like Ramona area, mm-hmm. you can see them all the time. I'm like, what? Also, another subspecies on um, Catalina. <laughs> nice, which we will do eventually when we have money. <laughs> um, but anyway, I have given it the rating of mostly safe because there's definitely death, like the eggs and stuff. And then there is one encounter, I won't tell you who it's between. Um, also, I don't know how that animal that did not do well didn't know that it shouldn't mess with this animal that's apparently <laughs> immune to its poison, to its uh, toxin, venom, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, because um, it was, I'm like, oh, that was a direct hit. It got you. <laughs> oh, but you're fine? Oh, you're fine. Okay. Again, it's trying to eat someone's babies. and rem- Don't mess with those little rodent-type moms. Man. It reminds me of, like, how, like, you, you've seen, like, videos of honey badgers. 
Yeah, I don't watch them kill things, but honey badgers just don't give a fuck. We know that, yeah. Yeah, and like they get bit and they feel the effect of animals like go comatose <laughs> and then <laughs> time passes by, they just wake up. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah, this little one, like apparently they have something that like nullifies the mm-hmm. venom after I mean they, they are like out for a little bit, but then it nullifies it and then she's like, I'm getting you. And that one <laughs> the, her opponent did not live. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> So I was like, Ooh, that's rough. Um, so even the little things can be little vicious things. And then there was one and it was a, I see why it's named that, a coach whip snake. Uh-huh. Looks like a coach whip. Um, was going after a, oh, what are those? The lizards, not horny toad, but it's like a, the horny lizard looking thing. They're really, oh, I forgot their name. Kind of like a beardy, but it looks way more rough. Very spiky. Anyway. It's a Yeah. I forget what it's called. They eat ants. Hmm. Anyway. Um. That's a horny toad. But it's a lizard. A horny toad's a lizard. Oh, maybe it is a horny toad, and I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't think I said it was a horny toad, but it does look like a horny toad. Anyway, but so it's doing this show off. Yeah, with horny a snake. toads are lizards. So it's doing this show off with a snake, and it like first it tries to run. And it's like, oh nope, the snake has seen me. I can't run. I will hide. And then this, it's like the lizard and the snake right here, and it's like mm. this isn't great. So then it's like then he'll try to show him his back and be like, don't eat me. I'm big. You will choke. It was just crazy. Anyway, mm. but. It, Again, I guess it's spoilers. His multiple attempts worked eventually, and they're like, "Coach, many coach whip snakes have choked to death trying to swallow them." So basically, it's looking like I'm too big to swallow. Don't eat me. Uh. Anyway, so it was it was kind of interesting, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so it's mostly safe. You're pretty much good there. I'm trying to think if there's anything um crazy about that one. They definitely showed rattlesnakes battling each other and mating, which mm-hmm. is weird. With snakes. But yeah. definitely have seen on many of the hiking pages I'm on rattlesnakes fighting each other for oh, yeah. mating rights, which mm. is just so weird. It's like, okay, guys. Okay. <sighs> also, that would suck if you're hiking. I'm like, I just got to wait for this to be over and for you two to finally decide who won That'd and then swim, swim off. Oh, my God. Slither, slither. off. No, they do videotape them because they will be posted on my yeah. hiking pages all the time. I'm like, Ugh. I'd be like, excuse me, sirs, may I just pass <laughs> while you settle your issues? Because I have places to be. Okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, you just got to go hike. Well, I don't know why I'm going to go hiking again. But when I eventually go hiking again, come with me and you will yeah. see snakes. All right, well. That... I don't have a short trip to just go hiking anymore. It makes me sad. Yeah, but a hike is like, I don't even consider it a hike if it's less than two hours. Yeah. So you're going to be out there for usually two to four hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you bring a snack. That's part of why I'm not going hiking. <laughs> also, the whole water makes me nauseous, makes it yeah. kind of hard to hike. Um, but yeah, so we should we should go hiking it. All the things we have to do, dude. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Smooth transition. Oh, I like this transition of I told you what story <laughs> I found that I almost shared and then you provided the opposite. Yes. <laughs> I was remains, thinking about that one. Remains actually. their dicks. Okay. <laughs> Still don't like them. All right. I, I felt like earlier this month I was getting too happy sunshining with my news. So I need to go back to I'm my I'm sorry. Roots. What were your sunshiny news that was that sunshiny? I can't remember. I don't remember being that great. I think it was sunshiny. Let it me look. It was happier than the stuff I had. I kept dropping bad like, stuff. Yeah, you were you were. I was like, this one died and this one died and this Death. one's dying. Everyone died. The end. <laughs> The end. All have died. Okay, well, this is very... Um, I want to see what I did this Very Casey um, that he's going to talk about, which would have been hilarious if I had done the other story then. Oh, I guess mine was. It, I talked about arsonist birds and yeah, leopard seals. Yeah, it was seals. in the middle of the road. The 
love which my seals out of character sharks. for myself. Anyway, okay, Casey. Just, they probably guessed what animal we're talking about by my not loving them. Orcas. Yeah, his favorite. My not favorite at all. Yes. So for the first time, scientists recorded orcas hunting adult blue whale. Holy shit. I yes. thought they'd only go after the calves. Yeah. The scientists published their findings in the scientific journal Marine Mammal Science. The incident happened in March of 2019 at Brammer Bay, which is off the coast of Western Australia. Scientists have also... I did orcas hunting blue whale calves around the same location once in 2019 and more recently in 2021. There have been reports of orcas attacking blue whales and injuring them, but there have never been any confirmed successful killings of either adults or calves until these sightings. The incident with the adult was initially started by about 14 orcas attacking it. That incident, the hunt took about an hour and more orcas joined the pod by... By the time the hunt was over, up to 50 orcas were in the area. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, how are you going to compete with 50, even if you're big? Mm -hmm. Did they just run down until it was exhausted? That's what they usually do, yeah. right? Yeah, when orcas go after baleen whales, it's not a sophisticated strategy. It's just wear them down. Yeah. Yep. The first one involving a calf occurred a couple weeks after the incident with the adult and involved 26 orca, and the hunt lasted about 15 minutes. I'm surprised mom didn't get involved in that one because there's yeah. safety in number. At least if they travel together, you'd be like, oh, you want to fuck with us? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show you my fluke is going to say something about that. Yeah. They actually do have video from um, one, uh, one of the incidents, at least. With a blue whale smacking them? Yeah, it was flailing its tail trying to hit them, yeah. Yeah. Um, the final incident involved over 50 orca and lasted about three hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. Scientists also found that at least 16 or of the orca were involved in all three incidents. I don't like them. Yeah, so it... They're they, very violent. Yes. And possibly we'll pass that on to Murderers. their offspring. Okay. Yeah. So orcas here off the coast of California, particularly around Monterey Bay, are known for hunting gray whales. And this finding is very interesting discovery because even though gray whales are considerably smaller than blues, yeah. orcas will rarely go after adults and specifically target the calves. Yeah, I mean, they're usually mm -hmm. going to go after the baby of anything. Yeah. Same with humpbacks, too, if they're going to go after them. Yeah. Orcas are also suspected to possibly impede gray whales' recovery here on our coast, but the orcas off of Australia are much less steady and have been known to hunt other species such as humpbacks and minkies. Um, there may be further research going forward on how these hunting of larger whales are impacting these populations as they have not been thoroughly studied. But as it stands currently, by far the biggest threat to blue whale survival is climate change, habitat loss, and getting tangled in fishing gear. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is the worst, clearly. Yes. It's not like you can really do anything about the orcas because then you'll throw off the whole ecosystem. <laughs> but they're assholes and I don't like them. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> leave my whales alone. <sighs> Especially my belugas. You yes. should have fuck away from my belugas. They're the best. I will they hopefully... Stop them. I will hopefully this summer go whale watching again and see blue whales. We need to go. We should. That we can do. We should do a podcast trip mm. to go whale watching. I want to do it in the summer and I want to do it in the winter too because the winter is when you see the humpbacks and the gray whales. Yeah. And that. My mom is a pissed with. Like she she and I both follow whale watching um, pages. Especially ones off the coast of San Diego. And like she gets pissed whenever she sees that they spotted a humpback. Because that is like her favorite, and she 
wants to see them breach. Yeah, and like there was that. one instance where they, they were did? breaching, wow. and she was pissed. <laughs> yeah, she would have loved going on the trip I went on. Yeah. We got good. View- they didn't breach, but we got mm-hmm. really good views. It mm-hmm. was amazing. Like yeah. I said, it was like a, a like transformative experience, which mm-hmm. I don't throw out lightly because I feel like that's really kind of lame and crazy. Mm-hmm. But it really truly was. It was amazing. Okay, well, <laughs> I almost did a story about orcas who. <laughs> sort of helped a humpback whale, but not really kind of helping getting it untangled. And I was like, no, I'm doing this positive story about same-sex penguins. Mm. Okay, here we go. It's pretty short. I'm just going to read it to you guys. So same-sex penguins hatch their first chick at New York Zoo is the um headline. So this pair of same-sex penguins hatched, hatched their first chick at Rosamond Gifford Zoo in New York. And the partners are caring for it like pros. <laughs> So the two male Humboldt penguins named Elmer and Lima were given an egg to incubate because the egg's biological parents have a history of accidentally breaking them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a chick hatched from the egg on January 1st and is doing just fine with the same-sex parents who keep the newborn penguin warm and fed. It continues to be brooded and cared for by both Elmer and Lima, who are doing a great job, Ted Fox, the zoo director, said in a statement. Elmer and Lima paired up and built a nest for the breeding season. They didn't have any eggs of their own for obvious reasons. (laughs) But they defended their territory and behaved as breeding penguins would. So zookeepers gave them a dummy egg to see whether they care for it properly. (laughs) Which is what people should have. (laughs) A dummy child before you have one. Anyway, some pairs when given a a dummy egg will sit on the nest but leave the egg to the side and not incubate it correctly. Mm. Or they'll fight for who's going to sit on it. (laughs) When... Fox said, and that's how we evaluate who will be good foster parents. Mm. And Elmer and Lima were exemplary in every aspect of egg care. Mm. The zoo swapped the dummy egg for a fertile egg, and it hatched without any issues. And this is not the first time that zoos have found success using same-sex penguins as foster parents. Both male pairs and female pairs have previously hatched chicks at a number of zoos, such as in the Central Park Zoo in New York City and the Oceanographic Valencia Aquarium in Spain. Two male black-footed penguins in the Dieren, Dieren Park Amsfort Zoo in the Netherlands. There you go. That's your people. Um, were apparently so keen to be parents that they stole an egg from another nearby <laughs> pair to raise themselves. Ah, cracked me up. Penguins of the same sex often come together as pairs. Males and female penguins share the same responsibilities when it comes to raising chicks, so there's no reason why same-sex pairs can't complete all the responsibilities of parenting, according to the Museum Studies blog at Tufts University in Massachusetts. Same-sex penguin pairs show that the idea of family is not species-specific and that in many cases, non-traditional families do a wonderful job of child-rearing, Fox Mm. said. So anyway, just a happy little story. At least this pair didn't steal their chick. (laughs) (laughs) But the little same-sex penguin couples do a really good job of taking care of of their eggs. And obviously there's a lot of same-sex animal stuff going on. Penguins are... The high, a high percentage, yeah. apparently. So they're awesome. They're cool. We love them. There's a positive story for you. Didn't I have a positive story? Oh, I talked about dog last time. Yeah, you talked about dog <laughs> So I guess time. it was positive, but you know, what you gonna do? All right, well, that gets us to our, our picks for this week, and it was Casey's turn to choose. So what category did you choose, and what's your animal? I went with animals from New Guinea. Okay. 
because they're underrepresented. I was honestly trying to pick something from Tonga because the whole volcano craziness. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we should talk about them. And then there were very few animals on Tonga. <laughs> so mm. probably less now. Um, anyway, so continue. Yes. So I went with the Victoria crowned pigeon. All right. Yes, their scientific name is Gura Victoria. I'm going to have to look this up and see if it's cute. Okay, continue. Their common name was to commemorate Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom. Of course. This species is native to northern New Guinea, as well as some of the nearby islands. They typically inhabit lowland forested habitat. Oh, they are cool. Yes. I approve. (laughs) They have been known to live 30 to 40 years in captivity. and It is the largest species of pigeon in the world today. It is the closest thing to a dodo, but prettier. <laughs> okay. It's true. <laughs> um, they are 73 to 75 centimeters long and weigh up to 3.4 kilograms. This species, is, however, is the peacock of the pigeon world. <laughs> they belong to the subfamily Gorinae, which are commonly known as the crowned pigeons. And they get this name because of the crest of feathers on its head, which have white tips in this species. I think they have these at the park, don't they? I believe so. I feel like I've seen these. It's either these or one of the other crown pigeons. Oh, maybe it's on a crown one. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it's the the Victoria crown pigeons there. This podcast is going to make me appreciate the birds at the park at the zoo a lot more. (laughs) I know. I used to spend, like, if I went by myself, I would go in that area and spend a decent amount of time. Compared to when I go with my family. They just walk straight through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like slowly walk through Mm -hmm. and look around, but I don't stop that much. Anyway, sorry, continue. But the aviaries at the zoo are better, too. They are. (laughs) Anyway. um, They are a bluish gray color and have a dark maroon color on their chest. They are herbivorous and feed on a variety of fruit that they find fallen on the forest floor, as well as various kinds of seeds. Due to their size, they are primarily a ground-dwelling bird, but they are capable of flying, but usually only do when they get startled and fly up into a tree for safety or when they are roosting during the night. Just like other species of the Columbidae family, which are the pigeons and doves, the Victoria crown pigeon drinks by sucking up water while other groups of birds have to tilt their head back in order to swallow water. Oh, interesting. Like other pigeons and doves, they are a monogamous species that makes for life. Both parents participate in raising the offspring. The female picks a tree to nest in, and for a few weeks before the egg is laid, the male will bring back material to build the nest. The babies are adorable and are cared for by both parents for about 13 weeks. They have a unique adaptation found in very few birds, such as flamingos, in that their crop... Up, the, in their crop, they produce a milk-like substance, which is curdy and which is a curdy secretion produced by special cells in the crop, and that is fed to the chick for the first few days of its life. Isn't that how most birds do stuff, though? No, they just regurgitate digested food. Oh, okay. This is actually a. This is produced by certain cells in the crop, and it's a milk. Oh. Yeah. Okay, it's still pretty gross, but a little cooler, <laughs> I guess. At least it's a little cooler. It's, it's pigeon milk. <laughs> this pigeon milk has very similar composition to the milk produced by mammals. However, unlike mammals, both sexes are able to produce the pigeon milk. Oh. Mm-hmm. Later on, the parents will supplement the chick diet with partially digested fruits and seeds. The Victoria crown pigeon is currently listed as near threatened by the IUCN red list. Their population is currently in decline and they are the rarest of the four crown pigeon species. This species is hunted for bushmeat as well as for its feather. 
Also, I just want to note that when I was researching these, the second recommended item when I type was starting to type in the species into my search engine said for sale. And it turns out this species is sought out by aviary keepers, especially in Asia, Southeast Asia. Um, so there's that. Just like as a pet? Yes. Like, okay. Uh, I mean, they're pretty. Uh, they are. Uh, this species is also threatened by habitat loss due to logging and development of oil palm plantations. Hmm. I would love to have a big ass aviary. Oh, yeah. And someone to help me take care of it. Really, someone to take care of it. I'll just, like, assist, like, put some food out and stuff, but... Like the rich people that um, buy the people to build them tanks and... Mm -hmm, like shark tank, not shark tank. Uh, tanks. Tanks, yeah. Mm. I wouldn't go that crazy, but, yeah, 100%. I want to have a bunch of animals and people to help me take care of them. <laughs> and someone on staff that basically lives there in case there's, an, a, you know, an emergency and they need to get out. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, Casey. Yes, Sally. Why do pigeon choirs like to gather at churches? I don't know. Because they have the best acoustics. <laughs> oh, it makes me oh, so goodness. happy. I wish I could remember that pun that was going to make you angry. I want to know what it is I now. I know. Sometimes when I remember it, I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to message him right now so he can be mad at me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so... um. I was thinking for animals from New Guinea, and I think this is one of the first animals I saw, and I kind of looked past it, but I'm like, let's be real. I want to talk about this animal, so it's happening. I'm going to say its name wrong, both versions, guaranteed. So first and foremost, I'm going to say it's a tree kangaroo. <laughs> it's the mat mat cheese. Match cheese. Match cheese tree kangaroo. Its name is Dendrologus matschii. Whatever, that... Anyway, the species of tree, this species of tree kangaroo is endemic to Papua New Guinea and is exclusively found on the Huan Peninsula. Because of this, it also, it is also, excuse me, called the Huan tree kangaroo. Their preferred habitat is mountain forests at lower elevations, usually between 1,000 and 3,000 meters above sea level. And they typically live in oak trees, as these trees are more common at this elevation, while conifers are more common in forests at higher elevations. Conifers are the ones with, like, pine cones and stuff, right? Yep. Cool. All right. Um, anyway. Their body length is about 66 centimeters long, and they have a tail nearly as long as the rest of their body. They're so cute. Another one you can see. That is this one, right? Is this, this a different tree kicker? This is the same yeah, one, this right? This is the one at the yeah, safari Yeah, this is the park. one at the animal park. We'll never say that name. Anyway, Okay. Um, in the wild, the species lives on average to eight years. Those in captivity have been known to live up to 14 years of age. As their common name suggests, they are indeed an arboreal species that spends the bulk of its time in the tree. Despite this, they will always back down a tree rather than go down head first, like opossums are able to. Or, Kawadamundi. We talked about them there. Yes, First we did. animal ever. Okay. They may look like their ground-dwelling cousins, who are in the same family, Macropodidae. Macropodidae. Chirp, yep. <laughs> Which literally translates to big feet. These roos are not hoppers, but are capable of leaping down as much as 18 meters. Oh my gosh. To get to the ground, but will usually leap down a more modest nine meters. Modestly nine meters. <laughs> oh my lord. Um, when moving amongst tree branches. The tree kangaroo is a favorite and is nope not a favorite it is my favorite but it is a fullivore and feeds primarily on mature tree leaves an adaptation to this nutrient-poor diet as we've discussed with the mom <laughs> um 
Oh, no, I just lost four months. There we go. Is that they have a fermentation chamber in their stomach to extract more nutrients from the leaves they eat. This is similar to those in other kangaroo species. But despite this, the, you've already told me how to say it, and I don't remember, Mashidi, nope, that's not it, Machai, yep, tree kangaroo, (laughs) has an even lower (laughs) metabolic rate. Uh, This is possibly an adaptation to it flivorous. Wow, I've never seen them that way before. Folivorous diet, since leaves typically have more toxins to use as defense mechanisms than do fruit and grasses. Due to their diet of leaves and low metabolic rate, this tree kangaroo will spend up to 60% of the day sleeping in a tree. Sounds great. Just the life. Uh, seriously. Another adaptation the tree kangaroo has is its dense fur coat that keeps it warm in the damp forest, and the fur has curly... Whirls. Whirls, okay. <laughs> I was like, whorls? Whirls. And it that gives it a waterproof coat to keep it dry. Is that what they always call those for all the animals that have? Those, but usually it's just oil that helps keep them dry. Like in birds, it's an oil. Okay. Weird. Never seen that word before, but there we go. We learned something, guys. Never seen? No. Um, oh, wait. I'm a bio. Let's see if I, I can have... screw it up a different way this time. The match cheese tree kangaroo is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List. The population is currently in decline with an estimated 200, oh, excuse me, 2,500, I should say, mature individuals left in the wild. Some of the most significant threats to this species are being hunted by humans for food and trade, as well as habitat, habitat loss blech, due to agricultural developments. Uh, agricultural developments are pretty much the number one uh, cause of problems, it yeah. appears to be, in most of our animals and overfishing in the ocean. We just need to stop growing our population. <laughs> hmm We'll also go up instead of out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But yeah, so that is the tree kangaroo. I'm not saying the first name. I'm just going to screw it up again. <laughs> it's tree kangaroo. They're really cute. Again, another animal you can see at the animal park. I feel Did like- Did you see it when the baby was little? No, oh. not in person. Yeah. I think I saw it on the zoo, but I didn't mm-hmm. see it in person. Well, that also, at that time, I remember going there. I'm like, it's never out. And it was probably when it was breeding. Yeah. So I think they kept it in a lot. I was like, oh, man. But I feel like we have to go yeah. to the park I someday. I remember seeing And, like, get a map and, like, mark on it. This is an animal from the podcast. This is an animal from the podcast. So many. You can just walk down, except for now they've replaced some of them. Also, it's funny. is like we associate that area as Australia when two of the species there are primarily in New Guinea. It's true. It should be like Oceania or like Australia nearby islands. Mm-hmm. But Australia has a little bit more of a, it's easier to connect with yeah. and recognize. Yeah. Also, they have kangaroos. So what are you going to do? The roos. The roos. Anyway, they're really cute. They're adorable. They have the cutest little face. I remember when that first opened and they do have, it's still there. It's a little placard for the quokka. And I remember I was looking around for the quokka. They didn't get a quokka? No, they don't have a quokka. No, I know they don't have a quokka, but they, they have, have wallabies, a... but there's no quokka. Oh, over at the zoo. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not yeah. at the park. I'm like, not at the safari park. I remember the park, they had the platypus thing closed no. off for forever, and it's like, it's going to be something, but they didn't say what it was going to be. And it's like, oh, that's I heard cool. rumors from some people it was platypus, and I was like, please be true. <laughs> <laughs> I am sad. Because it's literally the only place outside of Australia you can see a platypus. It is. It's pretty cool. Um, also, I also am sad that that bulldozed my Zen place that mm-hmm. was up there where you could get away from There's people. There's a little Zen garden there. <laughs> no, that's not it. No, it was a little. Did you ever go up there with a little pond? Oh God, it was mm-hmm. so nice. I miss it. I do. I like... went through that area for a, a botany class. Yeah, 
And then they used to have the dinosaurs back there and forever. And I would sometimes go there and just read a book. And it was just so nice to sit by the little, like, creaky thing. Anyway, we like the Australia thing, too. But I am sad there's nowhere to escape people anymore. That was, like, it. And now it's too close to the other trails. So now those get crowded, too. Mm -hmm. Which I did run into deer a lot that would not move off the trail. And I was like, okay, you're difficult. (laughs) Anywho. All right. Well, that brings us to our Animal of the Week. Yes. And I'm excited for this one. It has been mentioned many times in our challenges. Yes. So I'm excited to actually. Yeah, you always say it. (laughs) So I am excited to actually learn about it. It's very cute. Yay. We had a cute episode. Your pigeon's pretty cute, too. Yes, it is. Yay. All right. And our Animal of the Week is... The Numbat. The Numbat. Tell us about them, Casey. Yes, so these guys come from the order Diceomorpha. Okay. <laughs> and they come from the mir- family Myrmecobidae. Are they Myrmecophagus? We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> and they're scientific as Myrmecobius fasciatus. Okay. This species is now only found in small regions of southwestern Australia, Currently, they only inhabit eucalyptus woodland habitat, but once were found in a wider range of environments, including shrublands and grasslands. Hmm. In the wild, their lifespan is about four to five years, and in captivity, they have been known to live up to 11 years. Okay. They're fairly relatively small marsupial, only about 17 to 29 centimeters long, with a 12 to 21 centimeter long tail, and they can range from 300 to 752 grams. They are an insectivorous mammal. Their diet consists primarily of termites, but sometimes they accidentally consume ants as well. <laughs> accidentally? It's when they are eating termites. They specifically go after termites. And sometimes there's ants. With the termites? <laughs> yes. And then they eat those. Okay. Do they try to pick them out or do they just take it all? No, they just take it Okay. All. <laughs> the numbat is a great example of convergent evolution with Australian marsupials evolving similar lifestyles of their placental counterparts. As an insectivore, the numbat can be thought of as Australia's marsupial version of a giant eater, except much smaller. Much smaller, yes. <laughs> the numbat on average will consume between 15,000 and 20,000 termites each day. Oh my gosh! Which can equal up to 10% of its body mass. Wow. They have evolved many adaptations that resemble anteaters, despite them not being close at all closely related to each other. They have an elongated snout that allows them to get into small holes and logs and in the dirt to search for termites. They also have an excellent sense of smell for smelling them out. The numbat has a very long tongue that is covered in a thick saliva in order to collect several termites at a time when it finds holes filled with termites, known as galleries. Uh, numbat has very reduced teeth that are like tiny little pegs. Since their diet consists of termites, there is not much need for che- to eat for, or chewing. Due to the high water content of termites, the numbat does not need to drink as it gets all the water it needs from its food. Unlike many other marsupials in Australia, the numbat is diurnal. And at night, they will uh, seek shelter in hollowed out logs. Their diurnal lifestyle is due to their diet of termites because unlike the giant anteater of South America, the numbat are not strong enough to break open termite mounds. Mm Mm-hmm. They are only able to scratch at the galleries to get termites out of there, so they must be active when there are a lot of termites in these galleries, which is during the day. Got it. Makes sense. They are similar to many of the other carnivorous marsupials in that they lack a well-developed pouch, but instead have a skin fold that covers the mother's teats. 
They also have guard hairs around the pouch that helps keep the young warm while they're in there. And due to their small size, the namba is common prey item for many predators. They have striped fur that helps to provide camouflage in the woodland habitat. They also have their eyes looking on the sides of their head, which gives them a wide range of view to look out for predators. And numbats will also stand on their hind legs and tail, similar to mercats, to help them get a better view Aww. at their surroundings. The numbat is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Redless, and its population is currently in decline. It is a very unique mammal, which makes it a point of interest given for conservationists, given that it is the only member of its family left and is not closely related to any extant marsupials. Oh. In fact, one of its closest relatives is the now extinct thylacine. Those are so cool. Yes. By the way, if you have not seen them, they have remastered the it pictures and footage of <gasps> really? the thylacine. I include the link um, in my notes, so that will be posted. Yeah, on the you website, should yeah. check it out. It's I really cool. I definitely want to go look at that. Oh, yeah. man, I want to see one of those. Those are so cool. Mm-hmm. This species is also on the Zoological Society of London's Edge list of mammals ranked 35th, and this species represents over 31 million years of unique evolutionary history. They are once much more common in Australia, but have since been wiped out from 99% of their historic range. Wow. It is estimated that there are less than 1,000 numbets left in the wild, with the most significant threat to this species' survival is the introduction, introduction of non-native predators. Let me guess, cats and foxes. You are correct. Yep. The threat at by invasive species has been worse, but uh, become worse by other factors, including habitat loss and the wildfires that have been burning the logs that the numbat rely on to hide from aerial predators. Oh no! There has also been further habitat loss due to agricultural expansion, and there are now only two natural populations left. Wow! Yeah, there are a few other ones that where they were reintroduced into their historic range. So the arsonist birds would probably be hunting these guys. Possibly. Yeah, some of them. I realize now when I was looking at it and trying to figure out what they look like, I feel like a meerkat is the closest thing. Not <laughs> the closest because the head shape's very different, yeah. but like the markings and stuff and like the kind of just body build. I'm like, this mm -hmm. makes more sense. Yeah. Um, because of this threat, conservationists have made federal feral <laughs> <laughs> predator-free fenced-off sanctuaries to help protect this species. That's good. Yep. Poor little numbats. Now mm -hmm. I know what they are, and they're in danger. Mm -hmm. Poor babies. All right. Well, that is our animal of the week, and it brings us to our challenge. And it is a right. Mm -hmm. It's time for another round of cups. Got the timer? You already prepped yes. it, right? We've decided ten minutes. We don't remember if that's right or not, but I'm gonna say that it is. Oh, I didn't bring a dice. No dice. Who's going first? Haha. <laughs> no dice. <laughs> You're going first. No I've decided. Damn. I was faster than All you. All right. All right, ready, hit the timer. Oh, um, so what's our national, what kind of bird is our national An bird? An eagle. Yeah, um, not striped, but kind of Spotted. like a leopard. And they're the flat. Spotted flat, eagle rig. Yes. The flat <laughs> Um, I think I can say this. I'm pretty sure this is a kind of fish. Um, what's my favorite color? Oh, let's see if you know. I Red? No, terrible. Blue. Yes. Okay. And what do fish have that allow them to? Gill. Yep. Put them blue together. Blue gill. Yay! There you go. Blue gill. That's blue gills. What is, what it is? I think it's a fish. I don't know. What? Oh, it's um. Uh, it's a medium cat in Africa has little tufts on its ears. A caracal. Yep. 
my tabaxi is made everyone it's great okay uh that's upside down this was your favorite equity you can see them at the park oh they're with the camel the uh i i had a bit <laughs> uh somali wild ass yes or just wild ass i think somali wild ass yeah. is what it is yeah this is your favorite equity <laughs> Przewalski horse? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. This oh. is, um, it is a very common kind of, I think they're an antelope. They're an antelope, right? It's also a car. Gazelle? No. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's a, a Chevy. Car? Um, they get eaten a lot because they're. Springbok? Nope. Gazelle? That's not a car. Antelope? Nope. Um. What? One of the casinos um, by Valley Center, there are two reservations, or two, not really reservations, but two casinos down there. What are the names of those? And that's the last part of its name. What? Valley? Um, no. no. The ones that are actually down in the valley. I don't know. Okay. Um, there's a famous singer named Blank Abdul. Paula. Oh, okay. oh my God. Him, Paula. Yes, there you go. How did I... <laughs> Oh, um, in the wintertime, it gets... Snowy, cold. Yes. The first one. Okay. <laughs> um, and they go, woo. Snowy owl. Yes. My favorite owl. Mm. Oh, yeah, good. Um, oh, this is my favorite. Don't remember their scientific name, so... Things that whales like to eat. <laughs> Fish? No, not... No, a mammal. Oh, see... Oh, uh, it's seal. It's pretty. People put these in their hair. This is my favorite one. It's name. Your. F my favorite one of those. That word you just said that the whales Wait, eat. The of the oh ring seal. No. Oh. It was similar. It's kind of. It's not like rings though. Oh ribbon seal. Yeah, there we go. My gosh. <laughs> That's what pole bears usually eat. Ring seals. Oh oh gosh. So small little rodent. A numbat. No. <laughs> it's not a rodent. Sorry. A rat. North America. Kind of looks like a groundhog or a gopher. A squirrel. A chimpanzee. A type of squirrel. It's a groundhog. Oh, man. We're going to lose. It's a prairie dog. No. It's... More mountainous. Oh. Oh, shit. They're really cute. Yes, they Fuck. <laughs> shit. What are they called? The ones in Yosemite, right? I think they might be in Yosemite. They do the yip fest, right? Oh, I, but... God. Um... Not marmots? Yes. Okay, there we go. I'm like marmoset. That's not it. Okay. Um. Oh, this is my favorite. I think it was native to Sri Lanka. <laughs> you can see it at the zoo. Oh, fishing cat. Yeah. There we go. Oh my! It was one of our first animals. Of the week or a pick? Pick. Cartilaginous. Uh, oh. A shark. A, a shark. A whale shark. But it was yeah, yours. Was, it a was greater me. hammerhead shark. Yes. Okay, there we go. Um, oh, this was yours for something that I don't remember what it was. It may have been bony fish. Oh, uh, um, there's the a lady sea dragon. Yeah, there you go. Oh, this was your version of that. <laughs> How is this working? Was mine? Oh shit! Was it the hedgehog seahorse? Yes. Okay. Wow, this is amazing. That's going. Okay. Um, up in the mountains, it. When precipitation is frozen. It snows? Yeah. And then um, if you're walking on snow, think of like a, a bobcat because mm -hmm. it has to be wider. And that's usually referred to as a 
Snowshoe? Yes. Snowshoe hair? Yes. There we go. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um. So, like Bigfoot, except it's white. Yeti? Yeti crab. Yep. Okay, there we go. Um. Oh, this was my one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It's a giant... I say it looks like a rabbit. Um, They're at the zoo. Patagonia Mara. Giant. You can drop the first part. Mara. Yep, there you go. <laughs> you wanted this to be a cute one, but I... An I-I? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, this is weird. Okay, so a conifer is a type of... Tree. Yes, and there's this little bird, also Captain Jack. Sparrow. Put those two together. Tree sparrow? Yep, there we go. Okay. Um... Your favorite color? Blue. And we talked about gay what? Oh, penguins. Blue Pretty, penguin. Yep. A fairy penguin. Um, I think this is a fish. Um, I think. The color of the sun. Yellow. Yes. And birds often sit on these in cages. It's usually Branches. stick. And you call perch. it a, Yes. So put those together. Yellow perch. Yes. Are we almost out of time, or do you not do the timer again? No. Okay, good. Okay, okay. We have, like, four minutes. <laughs> Maybe it was five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> not southern, not southern, but... Northern. Um, Not a jaguar cheater, but a... Leopard? And a very well-known amphibian. Most common one people think of. Frog? Put it all together. Northern leopard frog? Yes. That is a random fucking thing I found. Okay. Um. Oh, this is my favorite... I don't know if it was like non-cute or like what it was or a weird thing we know about, but if you remember Kim Possible, this was Oh, Naked Mole Rat. Yeah, there we go. Okay, lemurs of of Madagascar. And um Madagascar tree frog. No. I'm missing tree frog. That's not a thing. When you can't see your shadow? Your When you can't see oh, you are <laughs> not a lizard but a snake put it all together madagascar blind snake yes what the fuck that's a random one i found too okay <laughs> um oh boy oh boy okay also guessing this is a fish um <laughs> blank score and seven years ago four <laughs> so four four eyed <laughs> and then um the, four. the the digits on your hand fingers okay and then um it's not uh it's not a string, but something that you sew with. Yarn? No. Small thinner. Like they really blank this together. That's a terrible way to <laughs> What? Um Strung? Uh no, Yarn, no no no. String? Think of like string. It's like string, but it's like thinner than string? No, it's this about the same as it's usually used in sewing. Like you don't say string, you say I need to blank this. Oh, thread. Yes, there we go. And then fish have these to move around. Fins? Yes. Four thread fin? No, four digits. Four di finger. What? Four finger thread? And then fins? Yes. I'm looking that up. Four finger thread fin. It's got to be a fish or a bird. Okay. What the? Your favorite cartilaginous fish. Um. Big. You want to swim with them. Whale shark. Thank yes. you. <laughs> oh, I think this was my favorite. I can't say that word. The eye eye category. Oh, red roughly. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I think we're almost out. <laughs> oh my god, we might actually run out. Oops. Yeah. I guess we should have five minutes. Okay, not a shark, but a a whale, a fish. Flap flap. 
Flappa, a, a manta ray. Giant oceanic manta ray? Yes. Okay. <laughs> flap, flap. Okay, this thing that you just said, nada? It's cartilaginous? Bony? No. Oh, but that, ray? That general thing. Cartilaginous no, not that fish. one, the other one. Fish? The, the, no, the, the jaws type. Wait, what? Like jaws. What oh, shark. shark. Thank you. And then, um, <laughs> if it's really big... It's giant? No, it's, um, I don't think I can say that part. Great. No, I can't say the beginning letter. Um, if there's like a really, that's not really helpful, like a really big sail, um, there's, there used to be an ancient thing that they call, there's an ancient thing, it's like a horror movie with sharks, and I think it's literally called the blank, and it's really ridiculous, and it's like a giant shark, and it. The Meg? Yes, okay, so that part's right, and Mega. then what you talk out of. Mouth? Mega grass. mouth shark. There we go. <laughs> I love those sharks. Not lesser, but. Greater. We eat, very common bird. Chicken. And rodent. Uh, Greater chicken, what? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, it's not a Put bird. We didn't get it. <laughs> but it has that in its Okay. I think it is supposed to be five minutes. I think it's supposed to be five minutes. We <laughs> we messed up. We done messed up. We done goofed again. We done. I only had like three left or four left in my cup. Yeah. All right, let's go. Fourteen. Also fourteen. Uh, okay, oh so we goodness. did ten minutes. Don't I'm writing a note right now. <laughs> Don't do that again. Oh boy. Oh, good. We we have issues, man. Um, and we got the 14 and 14, 28. Okay. Uh, okay, right. I need to look at this threadfish thing. But that was pretty the four finger thread fin. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. Anyway, um, all right. Well that brings us to the end of episode seventy two. Hopefully you enjoyed the um extra long uh, <laughs> challenge with us and our ways of struggling to get things out. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. <laughs>